My name is Andrea Baker with Sports Talk CPC, brought to you by CPC Publishing and Entertainment LLC. Welcome to Episode 3, our host, Stephen Tracy. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, Tracy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <clears throat> Today we're going to start off talking about Zion Williamson, the... Rookie forward for the New Orleans Pelicans. What do you think about his performance in his debut the other day, Trace? I thought his uh, I thought his first game, you know, for his rookie de debut. I thought it was typical uh, with him coming off an injury. I thought he'll have some moments where he's uh, going to be a little bit ten tentative. I thought it'd be moments where he shine. And, and he showed a little bit of all of that. But uh, the way they were playing him and because his minutes were limited, he was limited into um, getting into a groove right away because he wasn't playing extended minutes. And, he's been, and he has such a long layoff. I think over time, I think each game he's going to get a little bit better. He's going to be able to get into the uh, motion of the NBA, adjust to it a little bit faster, the speed. But I think this, this, this guy right here, he, he's, he's the real deal. He is. Yes, he had 22 points in his debut. He went 4 for 4 for 3 points. But he didn't really score until the 4th quarter. It took him a while to to get acclimated into the game. Since this is his first game of the year, <clears throat> he's the first player in NBA history to shoot 4 for 4 or better three-point field goals, he set an NBA record for a rookie. I think the kid is going to be super, super, super player. He, he might be as good as LeBron James. I think the thing that's, that what people got to realize that the NBA realizes that LeBron James is on his way out eventually over the next few years. And like when LeBron James came into the league, you know, the league promoted him so big in order to get the audience back up. And Zion represented the next coming of, of LeBron James. You know, like LeBron James was representing the next coming of Michael Jordan. So, you know, it's, it's a good ticket for the NBA. It gives them exposure in markets all across the globe. And they have grown, grown you know, across the world, everywhere. Everybody wants to play Basketball, they're buying their jerseys all over the world. It just gives the NBA, you know, time to make more money. These athletes, uh, they make more money. Zion is, he, he's something else uh, on the court. You know, what makes him such a difficult challenge is, is that, you know, he's playing a four or five position. And, and as you saw in the game when he was shooting those threes, you know, Aldridge was halfway, you know, hesitate right. to come out and try to block his right. shot. No big man wants to come out guarding. Because if he do, he's going to get blown by. Exactly. And the guy that rotates over is typically a, a number Too one or, a, or number one or number two. And they can't stop this kid. Exactly. Not they, at 270. Yeah. And, and already raising up in the air. Right. So either you're going to lay off of him and hope he miss. But if you know if you, if you try to cover him, he's going to blow by you and score anyway. Right. So, it you know... This guy's going to be able to pick his poison. He's going to be able. To, he's going to score a lot of points because he's a difficult cover because he can ball handle, and not only that, he can pass the ball. Well, when 
he was in high school, junior high, he was playing guard for a while because he just got a growth spurt. So he learned guard skills, learned how to shoot and dribble the ball, which most big men don't do because they're already 6'9", 6'10", and he just got a growth spurt in the 8th and ninth grade, which he had that guard position, and he learned how to go ahead and dribble, shoot, pass the ball. Well, see, the thing about it is, is that, uh, you know, he was on the same AAU team as uh, A.J. Morant. They were on the same AAU team, so I would have loved to have watched some of those games. Can, in you, imagine? Can you imagine that team? Yeah, you know, that, that would have been, been wonderful to watch. Well, we're going to go on and let's talk about Hall of Fame, baseball. Well, Derek Jeter, you know, Jeter. almost unanimous. You know, shy one vote, but what does that matter? He's in. One vote. Can you imagine a hater that, that didn't vote for him? Yeah. He had... 396 of 397 for the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I have no comment on that. I just, I, because I don't know who, who was the one who didn't vote for him. Well, I tell you what, Kurt Schillings, Roger Clemens, and Barry Bonds all fell short. Well, yeah. This time, this is the eighth time that they've been on the ballot. And they only have two more years to go. So do you think that they're going to get in, or do you think that the steroids are going to get them? I think, I believe that uh, right now I'm placing a bet on the fact that they're not going to put these guys in the Hall of Fame. Because the thing about it is if they put one of them in, they're going to set a precedent that they're going to have to put Pete Rose in. But, you know, even though Pete Rose is expired, but, you know, things like that, you know, you know when you when you set a precedent, then you open the door to setting other athletes who've had issues with with steroids, who put up big numbers and break records, of putting them into the uh, Hall of Fame also. So it's it's kind of you know they kind of got to stick to their guns, even though I, I believe most of them don't want to. But if you set a precedent, then okay, if we allow that, then what else are we gonna allow? We're we gonna allow gambling, or we're we gonna allow drug you know, drug traffickers in, you know, so that they, they have to set a standard and go by. Well, cheaters are cheater, and now we have the Astros and the Red Sox have been caught cheating, stealing signals and signs, and the people are talking about they should lose their world championship titles. Well, they're not going to do that. And I'll tell you the reason is because <clears throat> do they take away uh, New England's uh, championship from the Super Bowl when they had Deflate Gate? Do they take that away? Different sport. I don't know. Cheating is cheating, right? Cheating is cheating. Yeah, but they all cheat. <laughs> you know, every, everybody's got some kind of edge they're using to beat their opponent because... At the professional level, you got to have something. If it's most of it's legal, few things a little bit illegal. 
you know, like analytics now, you know, anything <clears throat> they can get you, give you and your team or player to perform better on the field to increase your chances of winning because winning brings money, it brings advertising, and it, you know, and it, it is, it's just it's just productive sometimes to do that. Well, don't you feel for the Dodgers because the Dodgers lost to both of them in the World Series, right? So the people in L.A. are crying for their heads because they lost two World Championships to two teams that cheated. Well, I got to look at it like this, you know, a lot of this has to do with them picking up, um, uh, picking up on signs, right? Right. You know, as far as baseball, okay, I can understand that. You know, they know what, what kind of pitch is coming. But my thing is, you know, when it comes to baseball, they still had to hit the pitcher. They still had to hit the ball. They still, you still got to hit the ball. That's right. And even though the other team had an edge of hitting the ball, your batters had nothing against their pitchers because the pitchers didn't have anything to tip them off on how you was going to swing. So you still got to you still got to play and you still got to hit the ball. So it's it's really no edge there. Exactly. But on the edge to the pitchers, I mean edge to the edge to the batters who know what pitch is coming, but there's no edge to to the uh, pitcher who, who's throwing the ball because he doesn't know how the guy's going to swing. But they always say good pitching beats good hitting. And that's true. I mean, when the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series, they had they had a heck of a, a bullpen. Remember the bullpen they had yeah, with those guys? Yeah. They come in and shut you down, period. And then Hatcher, he went on fire. Out of nowhere, Hatcher went on fire, and that carried the team. Yep, you had Rob Dibble and, and his teammates. And, like you said, the bullpen come in. Every game and just shut them down. And and that's like the uh, New York Yankees a few years ago when Jeter was playing. They had Rivera. He he Rivera, was yes. he was he was knocked out every single time they put him in there until Man. that last season right. when they finally finally they got, got to him. It. Yep. And then they had the uh, what was the other guy they had before? Um, and then they uh, that was the uh, closer they had before that one. There was one that was uh, they had all those win those championships. I can't think of his name. Well. Sunday, February the 2nd, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, Super Bowl 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you like, Trace? I like Kansas City. I like Kansas City, too. I think I think the deal with the uh, Super Bowl this year is going to be the fact that uh, you know we got a quarterback who can actually get outside the pocket and make plays. And if San Francisco don't contain Patrick Mahomes and keep him inside, um, they're going to lose the game because it's going to give them extra downs. It's going to keep their defense on the field a little bit longer. Um, the deal I I, I believe is that. Uh, Kansas City is going to have to slow down the San Francisco offense, you know, pretty much, you know, eight passes in, in the last game. What do you think of that? I think that it can't come out to a shootout. If it comes out to a shootout, 49ers will lose. I don't think that you can put the game on 
Jimmy G's back and him take you to the promised land where Patrick Mahomes will take you to the promised land. But let's do some statistics. The 49ers spent $109 million on defense this year. The top two defenses in the Super Bowl are 18 and 9. So that means defense has beat the offense 18 times to 9 times. 49ers are second this year in fewest yards. And only five times have the offense beat the defense. Jimmy G only had eight throws in the second half last week. So I think that the only way 49ers can beat Kansas City is they keep Mahomes on the bench if he doesn't get to play because 49ers had the ball. If, if Kansas City stays on the field, I think they have too much speed for 49ers. Yes, I do. You know, with Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey, you know, those guys, they have a knack for for getting open when when Mahomes scrambles. Yes. You know, um, what makes Mahomes so good is that, you know, when he gets outside the pocket, his eyes are always downfield. He has the ability to be looking one way and throwing the ball the other way, you know, moving the defense with his eyes and intending to throw the ball somewhere else. And that is a, a trait that um, that's very rare that quarterbacks can have because in the NFL they're kind of, you know, they, you know, they're single-sided. Exactly. He and, doesn't and, telegraph and those he passes. He doesn't telegraph those passes. And, you know, and he, and he throws it in all kind of different directions. And, and his receivers, because they played with him so long, are knowing where to be and how he can get the ball to them. So that makes it difficult for him. But the 49ers defensive line with Bosa and the crew. And I tell you what, man, it's one of the best defensive lines I've seen in, seen in a long time. It kind of reminds me of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got Suggs, too. Yeah, Suggs. And, and remember Baltimore Ravens, when they won it a few years back, they had a heck of a defensive front four. Yes. And, and they can just bottle you up, and they can get in. And their outside rushers can keep contained. So the thing about it is if they can keep Mahomes contained, it, it's going to be a different football game. Well, go ahead. Patrick, go ahead. But if, but if, they, can, but if they can design plays... Uh, they can get Mahomes outside the pocket or on, on occasion. It's going gonna, it's gonna to wreak havoc on San Francisco's defense. Well, I'll give you these last stats before we close out the podcast. Patrick Mahomes is the first player in NFL history with 200 yards passing and 50 yards rushing in consecutive games. No other player has done that. So I think we're looking at the new Superman. And we will be back next week to give you more. And thank you for listening to Sports Talk CPC. See you next week.